Welcome to Overflowing Bookshelves, a podcast for people who love the written word. Could you spend hours browsing through a bookstore? Is your happy place curled up under a blanket with a good book, or perhaps writing a story of your own? Are you constantly adding to your to-be-read list, even though your bookshelves are already overflowing? If so, this podcast is for you. Tune in to hear authentic conversations with published authors about their creative process, path to publication, and advice for living your most fruitful and inspired life. I'm your host, Dallas Woodburn, and I'm absolutely delighted that you are here with us today. I am the author of the YA novels, Thanks Carissa for Ruining My Life, and The Best Week That Never Happened as well as the short story collections, How to Make Paper When the World is Ending, and Woman Running Late in a Dress. I'm also a professional book coach, and I'm passionate about helping people give birth to their own unique stories. You can connect with me at my website, dallaswoodburn.com, and on Instagram and Facebook at Dallas Woodburn Author. Without further ado, let's dive into today's interview. Alison Kimball began writing because she loves stories and believes in their power to shape our world and ourselves. Her writing blends the real and the fantastical and crosses genres of horror, fantasy, and sci-fi. She has written one acclaimed novel, Strange Gods, and is working on her next. She lives in the greater Seattle area with her husband and spends her time walking in the woods, going to the movies, and seeking adventures large and small. It was such a joy to talk with Allison about her debut novel, all that publication brings, and her creative process. I really hope you enjoy this conversation on Overflowing Bookshelves. Hello, Allison. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yes, I loved your debut, Strange Gods, one of my favorite reads of last year. And I'm really excited to talk with you about it and kind of hear maybe some behind the scenes and also just about your journey as a writer. So maybe we could start off by you sharing a little bit about your background, what first got you into writing, um, and how the journey started for you. For sure. So my name is Allison Kimball. I am a YA fantasy author out of the Seattle area. Um, and I started writing, I, I wasn't someone who was writing all along, if you will. Like I'm not one of those people who I really need to write to process, or I just always, always had, you know, a pen in my hand growing up or knew that something I wanted to do in high school and college. Um, but I always, always loved stories. Um, I was actually a philosopher, a philosophy major in school and economics. Like I was not thinking about writing. I always loved English. I always loved stories but it wasn't something that I really considered for myself. Um, And then in my 20s, I was thinking about just the power of stories and how impactful they are on shaping our understanding of the world, like situations that we've never been in before as individuals. It really helps prepare us and set our expectations for better or worse on what our lives will be like, what who we are and what we can do and what we have the power to do. Um, and just as I learn more about how impactful identity is and visualization is and really belief in oneself is and uh, in the results or outcomes that we can achieve in life, um, I just was like, wow, stories are incredibly powerful. Um, I want to write a book. 
<laughs> so at that time, I really didn't, I wasn't writing. I really didn't know that much about the craft. I mean, I, I wrote creative stories in like middle school and I wrote tons of papers in, in college, but I really hadn't been doing that much creative writing um, in a very long time. So I kind of had to like learn how to write at that point, re-familiarize myself with all of the craft basics um, so that I could do any story that I came up with justice. And I decided to write a book. I didn't try to think of what book I should write, but um, I came up with the idea for Strange Gods out of the blue completely. And it was very odd. I mean, I can tell you about that. Um, Yeah, please do. Yeah, I was at a... um, as a 10 day silent meditation retreat, which is where you're just supposed to think about nothing all the time, incredibly difficult. Um, and instead of thinking about nothing, I had this image of an orange God with 18 fingers who had a horse and lived on a world, you know, distanced from the earth in swirling mist. And somehow, I don't know how that was like, Oh, that's a story. Um, and as soon as I left, like you didn't have, you didn't have any pens or paper or anything. As soon as I left, got in the car, I wrote down those details and that was like the spark of strange gods, just building that world from there. But I spent a really long time um, just writing short stories and writing other things and kind of outlining strange gods before I really started writing it. Because again, I spent years working on craft before I really felt like I could even tell the story that I had come up with. Wow. That is so fascinating. Um, Just where that, that first spark of an idea came to you. So can you tell us a little bit about um, learning the craft, like, was there, if you want to give us some highlights or things that you found most helpful to you? So it sounds like you're an outliner. Um, so do you want to tell us just a little bit maybe about kind of your process or certain craft, um, components that you wove together? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a, a, a level of craft that everyone has to learn just to, have a chance of conveying a story in an effective way. Like they're, they're in any writing book, they're in any writing course. I mean, it's not like you can learn it in a day or maybe a week, but you know, if you took the class a day, you could probably get most of the basics for novel writing in a month. Like, um, you know, you need, you want to have a plot that has like some kind of acts or certain like events, you know, you can follow a story structure that's preset. Um, I never followed a story structure. <laughs> on purpose, but like, you know, there's things that that you can learn that you can be aware. You want to think about pacing. You want to have characters that are distinct from each other. And, you know, the external journey should reflect some internal journey for the main character. So there's all these things that you can just learn, but really, and, and, and there's simpler, smaller craft things like don't use um, a lot of adverbs, which is like ly words. Like it's not effective as effective to say he walked quickly as it is to say he raced to the store. Like it's use a more powerful verb instead of using an adjective that describes the verb. So there's all these crack things you can learn, but really you spend a lot less time on that becoming an effective writer than you do in workshops, which is where you're having your work read or you're reading your work to people and they give you feedback on it because that's where you really find out what hits a reader and uh, what they read or what they experience when they read your work. Um, It's such a strange thing because you can just never experience your own writing the way that other people will. And like to know whether or not you've been effective at putting that, those thoughts in someone else's head and whether it really makes sense. And if they're seeing what you want them to see or what you saw when you came up with it, you have to share and get feedback on your work. And I feel like that's really the most essential part 
it takes a long time. And, you know, I'm sure my next book will be better than this one in some ways, um, just because you have, it takes a really long time to, to absorb all of the layers that are required to make something effective and not bring people out of the story and back into the real world because they're tripping over a character's decision or they can't picture that description or the action scene went too fast or took too long. And you have to, you have to learn about each dialogue didn't sound natural. You have so many layers to put together to make a novel work. Yes. Yes. And you describe that so well. Um, maybe you could talk briefly about workshop and getting feedback on your work, because I think it can be really helpful, but also there can come a time when maybe there's like too many cooks in the kitchen and you do still have to make sure that you're true to your vision. So how did you kind of navigate that process? Yeah. Um, so that that's a great question. Um, I was in a writing group for a number of years. Um, we met at like a writing workshop that was, you know, a group of strangers and, you know, a subset of us kind of came together and became this writing group. It was a really strange group because <laughs> I was writing YA fantasy. Um, another guy was writing middle grade fantasy. And then it was like literary, historical, um, literary, and actually memoir. So it was not just like, and then later we got another YA fantasy, but it was not one thing. It wasn't a, everybody's writing YA fantasy. We're all steeped in those conventions. So in that way, I feel like it was a really positive experience because it was just whatever they got from the writing, they responded to. It wasn't like they had certain expectations around, you know, the genre or whatever that they would reflect back to me. Um, on the other hand, it's like, I had to filter that because it wasn't everyone's cup of tea to be reading YA fantasy and some people who may not been a, have been their genre of choice, um, their reaction to kind of the norms of that genre isn't something that maybe I should have taken into consideration. But I think the key, if I can summarize, so you, you always got to know your audience and what they're thinking about and talking about. But I really think the key is in giving feedback and receiving feedback is don't listen to people's suggestions. Like, here's what you should do. Here's what your book needs. And I actually think that's what I would have encountered if I was in a more homogenous group who really read YA fantasies. Like, here's what should happen. Um, they couldn't give me that because they don't really have like a, a strict idea of how YA fantasy goes. But rather listen to people's reactions and then you need to decide how to fix it. So they might have suggestions for you. Like, hey, maybe the character you know, needs a love interest or, Hey, maybe the character needs more motivation, but don't listen to the suggestion. Listen to the reaction. Like I was kind of confused reading this part as to why she would do what she did. Um, maybe one answer is she needs a stronger motivation, but there might be a lot of other answers. And that's where you're going to be the best person as an author to fill in that gap. And if you start taking people's ideas, then it just, it might not be your story anymore at the end, right? Like what you're putting on the page and what you're representing, you're chasing too many cooks in the kitchen, as you said, too many ideas and it can get, I think it can lose some of that core of what you're really bringing to the story and intention. Um, so listen to, I was bored. I was confused. This part really lost me. I don't like the character, like just those reactions. And then people can give suggestions for how to fix it, but believe the reaction, especially if you hear it from multiple people, multiple readers, um, then, you know, you have something to fix and then explore different ways to fix that yourself versus just taking other people's laundry list of what your book needs. I love that. I just love how you describe that process because, um, yeah, it rings so true to me. One of my favorite teachers, um, in college who led our writing workshop, she used to talk about when giving feedback, um, trying to help that person 
make it the best version of their story as opposed to trying to turn it into your story. And I think that is such a clear distinction. If you're someone who always writes horror and you're trying to turn a romance into horror, like it's just, it doesn't work. So, um, and I love too, that you're showing, you can be in a writing group that's extremely helpful with writers of all different genres. I think the common convention is to think that you have to be in a writing group with people who are all writing the same genre that you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that could be, I mean, it certainly could be helpful, but it could also be limiting, right? Like, um, I think YA fantasy in particular at this point, the market is pretty saturated. So I don't really know if if the world would benefit from another, you know, secret princess who needs to free her people and realize she's an assassin and like needs to realize she's a princess and has two see me love interests. Like, does that, you know, that story may be told again, but it needs individuality. It needs flavor and like crossing genres or taking things from diverse perspectives, not just like the same exact conventions put together in the same way. Like a diverse writing group can bring that. And I say diverse, but that could be genre that could be in so many different, um, different ways. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about strange God? So you mentioned how you got the first spark of inspiration. Do you want to tell listeners just a little bit about the book and maybe how you went from that first inspiration to, um, outlining a plot, developing character and kind of seeing your story start to come alive? Yeah. So Strange Gods is, um, strange as advertised. It's a, as I mentioned, it's a YA fantasy. Um, it's about an 18 year old girl whose nickname is Spooky. Um, her real name is Laurel Specky, but her nickname is Spooky, who's sent to a boot camp for the summer. Um, her parents sent her there with an ultimatum that either she gets her crack together over the summer or she's going to get sent home at the end, or she's not going to be allowed home at the end of it. So basically she has to keep in line and this really harsh boot camp environment. Um, and she decides, but she decides to take a risk and she decides to sneak out one night to meet a boy in hopes of maybe a successful romantic encounter. And unfortunately it doesn't go very well. And she ends up hiding in the woods and while hiding a, uh, an ancient God emerges from the woods and kidnaps her to be his storyteller. And, um, it just gets weirder from there. And I think a lot of the fun of strange gods is the surprise, but on the whole, it's kind of this, it's this world hopping fantasy where you're going around these different worlds, negotiating with these different gods. She really has to learn the power of um, humanity, the power of, in, in a way it is about the power of stories, but like her, her personal power and how she may have been, um, missing that in her daily life and kind of ducking her head and skipping over that and negotiating with all these incredibly powerful gods who are hungry and devious and mischievous and want things from life on earth. Um, so anyway, it's, it's definitely different. That's clear from reader reactions. Um, as far as how I outlined it and developed it. So I had this vision of this universe where there are all these different gods on different worlds separated by white mist. Um, the main one being Carcass who kidnaps Spooky in the beginning. Um, his name is Carcass. That gives you another, this is very like Tim Burton-y vibes going on in this world. It's a little creepy. It's a little oopy spooky. Um, but uh, each god kind of has their own. This is where I started. I started with this universe. Each god has their own world. The earth is just one of many. So earth is also one of those worlds. Um, and the world is built based on the uh, power, knowledge, and will of that god. So like low order worlds are very simple. Nothing happens unless the god kind of personally makes it happen, like not that much going on. 
a middle order world is like a play, or I guess it's like a puppet show. Like nothing happens without the God like moving it. Middle order world is like a play, like things, you know, move and happen. And, but it's all kind of a preset plan. Like it's all predicted by the God. And then a higher order world is like the earth where you have all of these, you know, life forms interacting and moving and flourishing or failing or whatever they're doing without the God's direct interference. And like the hierarchy of those worlds, how they intersect, how gods travel between the worlds, and ultimately what that means for Earth, us poor humans being completely unaware of this ecosystem of worlds that that gods are ruling, um, how that kind of is sneaking around the edges and posing a threat to humanity. So the the universe is really the starting point for the plot. Um, As far as outlining the magic system and how gods travel and what their different powers are and all this stuff... That I just really had a lot of fun imagining. Um, And from that came this like threat to the earth and this plot that developed what took me a really, really long time. I had the plot for a really long time. took me a really long time to figure out what human was going to actually walk this journey. Um, Because I think it's really important, particularly when you're dealing with all-powerful beings, gods, fairies, vampires, whatever they are, any kind of really powerful magical creature why would a human need to be involved, right? Like, why can't the gods just solve their own problems, you know, have their have it out, have their fight, and humanity either triumphs or fails as a result? Um, so I spent a really long time thinking about what would inspire someone to actually go on this dangerous journey to try to meta- get involved with these gods from other worlds instead of just turning away. Uh, because I didn't want the main character to just be kidnapped. Like she is in the beginning kidnapped, but I didn't want her to just be forced to participate. I wanted to give her a motivation. And it took me a really, really long time not to think of all the gods, not to think of all the worlds, not to outline the plot, which is a is a mystery and will remain a mystery, but to really come up with like that, who that human character is. And it took me a really long time to come to Spooky and this girl who's really quiet and reserved and um really waiting for her own future to arrive in her own life um, feels very unseen and feels like that will only come one day and getting her to be a hero who's inspired to actually take charge in her life and go on this journey and try to make a change, even if for selfish reasons. Um, so that's what took me actually a really long time to figure out. That is so, I love hearing you talk about it. And it's just so funny how writers are so different. Like to me, I don't write fantasy and the idea of coming up with the whole hierarchy of the world and all of the gods, like that is just amazing to me because, and, and it's more about the character is usually where I start. So it's just so interesting to hear. I'm just so, um, yeah, just in awe of you and like all of the multifaceted, such a rich layered, um, organized like world that it I just I feel like it all makes sense in the way that you um that you developed it and like have it set out yeah yeah it took I mean some things took me longer than others but (laughs) so like I would be I'd be doing something else and like um snap my eyes would snap open I'd be like oh that's how the doors should between worlds should work because you know it took me it took me a long time to come up with all of it but yeah, I mean, uh, but it definitely is a plot-driven book, um, and the the character journey is definitely there. Um, but it was layered over a very complicated magic system and plot. So that's where I started. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit? You mentioned earlier about writing short stories, mm-hmm. and do you want to just talk briefly about writing short stories compared to writing a novel, and how perhaps short stories can be a great 
craft training ground for writers who want to springboard to a longer work? Yeah. I mean, I love short stories. I love, I actually was inspired to write short stories because, um, I mean, cause I was practicing, but also because I read Shimmer Magazine, which no longer, um, no longer publishes, they stopped, but they are a magazine that publishes fantasy short stories, speculative fiction, not just fantasy. So sci-fi, fantasy, a little bit of horror, a little bit of just weirdness, um, and sometimes straight fantasy. But they, um, their short stories were so good and so engaging and just presented such interesting little slices of life um, that it really inspired me to write them too, not just for practice, but in general. Um, I think that short stories can help you practice a lot. Uh, as I was mentioning, there are so many layers a novel needs to be successful. It needs um, pacing character. Like you have to know how to write dialogue. If you have, if you're writing fantasy or action, you have to write how to write a fight scene. You have to know how to introduce mystery. If you, you know, there's a fair amount of mystery in strange gods. Like how do you direct the audience's eye the way you want them to go? How do you get them to be feeling the right thing to create surprise or create humor? Um, and you can practice a lot of that in short stories. Um, however, it's, it's just a lot easier, like such a smaller piece of material to work with. Um, I had a, a writing instructor tell me once that, and I don't know, I think that, to be honest, I think that his stories were a little bit more boring than I like, but um, he said that all that a short story needs to have happen is a, is a single change. So like, it doesn't have to be, we went to save the world. It's like one morning the character decides she wants to be with her bo- boyfriend and by the evening she no longer wants to. And like, that is your plot. Like you don't need like lots of stuff to happen in many, many characters in many settings, it can be very contained. Um, it can just be one change that you put on the page. So it can prepare you for many things, but that said, to really craft a successful novel, you have to, you're, you're not going to be able to learn all of that just writing short stories, um, which I had a, another writer tell me, um, when you start writing a novel, just to keep going, like don't think, oh, this other project's going to be easier let me just stop writing this novel halfway through and write this other one. Like you won't be able to learn about novel writing until you write the entire novel. Um, not to mention that other story will not be easier. <laughs> Guaranteed. It's a lie. It's trap. <laughs> so, so short stories can help you practice a lot of craft. They're wonderful. They can be wonderful experiences for readers, like to give them a little taste of something. I mean, it's just fabulous, but there are so many things that go into taking a character on a full arc, having subplots and sub characters and characters that are going to change, making the pacing of a novel, like the middle not getting boring, the ending feeling satisfying, like all of these things. You just have to write a novel to actually practice. Yes, such good advice. And I completely agree. I think all writers have that. We all think that we're the only one or that it's unique to us. Like, oh, my story, my novel feels a little bit boring halfway through. This other idea is all shiny. I should just skip over. But you're so right. It's a trap. It's a trap. Just keep going. Yeah. Oh, well, you've shared so much wonderful advice um, for us, Allison, through this whole interview. It's just been lovely to talk about craft with you and to hear a little bit more about Strange Gods, where that idea came from. Um, one question I get a lot from listeners and I love to hear too, um, is just thinking about 
the highs and lows of the journey. And I think all of us can go through disappointment, rejection, um, and also just thinking about where you were when you first started on your journey. If there's someone who's listening, who feels like they're just at the beginning, do you have any words of advice or um, words of wisdom, something that's kind of sustained you through your writing life so far? Yeah. I mean, I have so many, cause I think at different stages, you need different things. Um, like for me early on, it was really setting a goal and sticking to it and limiting external input, like, except for my writing group on the craft itself. Like I didn't want to hear people's, Oh, you know, there's so many things that writers encounter that are so common. Like, Oh, um, you know, Oh, you're a writer. Like, do you think you're going to get published? Or like, I want to write a book you know, let me talk to you about that. Or just like all these common things that people have reactions and put their feelings or project their feelings onto us when we say that we write. Um, so I think early days, like understanding what your objectives are and really sticking to that, like, like commit to the phase you're in, because if you're in the manuscript writing phase where you're trying to get to your first draft, second draft, fourth draft, readable draft that you could share with an agent or possibly pursue being published, like just focus on that. Um, but then for every other phase after that related to promotion, related to putting your work out there and rejection, which definitely always comes, I would say my number one piece of advice is, um, celebrate everything because I think a lot of people get really, really, really intense on themselves about like, oh my gosh, an agent asked for a full, or, you know, am I going to get published all this tension and pressure and getting way too excited about possibilities and then really disappointed when things don't pan out. It's like, if someone reads your story and enjoys it, that's a win. If an agent requests two more chapters, that's a win. If they respond to you, even if it's a rejection, like that's a win. Um, and just celebrate every phase because that's just the game. Like you, if you've done the work to get your story to where it needs to be, like you've received feedback, you've incorporated it, you feel pretty sure that there's, you know, that it's in a polished place where an agent can read it and be interested in publishing. Um, you're still going to send it out a hundred times before you maybe get a yes. And once, if you get an agent, if that's a path you're pursuing, of course you can self-publish or hybrid publish or do something or go to a small press. And then on top of that, the agent has to sell it to a publisher and that may not happen. And then when the publisher publishes, you, you may not get the readership you expect. Like there is no end goal where you've really achieved it. Um, one of the, the, the writing instructors I mentioned uh, published two books 40 years ago and couldn't get another published after that. Um, I think it's a different world these days. I think there's a lot more books coming out, but like there's no end goal where you're successful. So you have to, first of all, stay in the phase you're in. But then when you are in a phase where you're experiencing rejection and, you know, looking at real specific, tangible goalposts, just celebrate every win and understand that's all part of it. I love that. And I, that is so true. I mean, the, the farther I get along this journey, the more I realize that I used to have this certain idea of like, Oh, one day I would reach a certain milestone. And then I would feel like I was a real writer. Or I made it in some way, but you're right. Like the goalposts keep moving. And I love this idea about celebrating everything. And I think there is so much for me, um, just like fulfillment to be found in the process itself, you know, that you've talked about all of the craft of creating this world, creating this novel, this art that you are proud of. Like, I think that's a lot where the, just the real, the thing that you have control over where, where like the real satisfaction is. Yeah. And let me just say, I didn't know if anyone would like it. <laughs> 
like even after it was selected for publication and like, you know, going out, I really kept it pretty close to the chest um, for a long time. So it has been even after, you know, being selected for publication and going, working with the editor and getting it ready for publication, I've gone through many more phases of getting first feedback and first reviews and first bad reviews and amazing reviews better than I ever could have imagined. And like, you know, this is just the first book for me. Like there's going to be so many others. It's not for, you know, successful and whatever it might be, but they get published, don't get published. There's no end point until you're Stephen King or Neil Gaiman or Brandon Sanderson, I guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they can have a flop, <laughs> you know, yes. celebrate everyone. Yes. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much um, for coming on the podcast. The time's just flown by. How can listeners connect with you? I know Strange Gods is available wherever they want to get their books, um, but what are the best ways for them to get in touch with you, to find out more about you, just to connect with you? Yeah. So I'm, I'm mostly active on Instagram. My handle is at author a Kimball, um, on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, I also have a website, author, Um, with one L on Allison. You can check that out and then please do check out strange gods on Amazon or wherever you like to buy books. Um, and if you do read it, please leave me a review. That is so important for authors. So many people read and don't review. And it's so, so helpful for other readers to discover books, to leave reviews. Yes. Fantastic. And I will link to all those things in the show notes too. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Allison. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for spending time with me today on Overflowing Bookshelves. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean so much if you take a few minutes to write a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help other writers and book lovers find out about us. If you are kind enough to share this episode on social media, be sure to tag me at Dallas Woodburn Author on Instagram or Facebook. I love to surprise my listeners with fun prizes like free books and other literary swag. Also, I would love to hear your thoughts on the show and your ideas for future guests. Please visit my website, dallaswoodburnauthor.com to connect with me and offer your suggestions. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.